Hey now, I'm Maui Big Wave Billy, and I'm here in Lahaina, and you're listening to the Titus and Tate Podcast, where all the information you'll ever need is at your earbuds. Here we go. Shine on, heal on, hear on, learn on, play on, carry on, Maui on, Titus and Tate on. Let's go. Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by GM Shuffle, a podcast hosted by our old friend Mike Lombardi and also hosted by Tate Frazier. What's going on, Tate? You're on Wait, GM what? Shuffle this week? Wait, what? Yes. How, I... how many reunions are going on? Is this is this your new gig? You're just like going around rehashing old podcasts that you've been doing with people? I learned a lot uh, from, you know, the great Super Dave, uh, rest in peace, Super Dave. He basically said that, you know, you got to treat everything like network TV. You just got to connect the world. So uh, I have reconnected with Michael Lombardi. Uh, the fans are very upset, the GM Shuffle diehards, because they miss Adnan. They're like, can this guy just ask Michael Lombardi the question so that Michael Lombardi can give me the answers to make me smarter? But I, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, uh, Titus, you and I both like uh, football, despite what people may say about us. Um, so it's good to talk about football. It's great that Mitchell Trubisky is back. And uh, like you said, it's great to, you know, reunite with Michael Lombardi. So we're having a great time. And he's he's one of those people that says my name a million times. So all I hear is Tate Frazier, Tate Frazier, Tate Frazier. So... <laughs> Uh, it's the best of times. It's good for your brand, man, that people are reminded who you are. Maybe maybe that's bad, I guess, if they hate you because you're not Ednon. Then maybe that's not a good thing. That he <laughs> yes, everybody. I but think that's what's just, happening. I'm making uh, all the movie references I can make just to make uh, Ednon happy, so I appreciate them. Very, very considerate and generous of Ellen to let you do that podcast <laughs> as well. Uh, I can't say enough about that new boss you have. Um, oh, the best. <laughs> Go check out GM Shuffle. How many? So you, you is it a one-time thing? How many are you doing it again? What, no. So what's going on? so Adnan is in Saudi Arabia. He has taken a nice little uh, trip over there, and uh, they asked me to do the preview show, which was what I did yesterday on Thursday, and then I'm doing the uh, the recap show Sunday night with Lombardi. So that'll be uh, it'll be like literally old time sake. I mean, the last time I did that with the uh, the full thing with Lombardi after a game on Sunday night was uh, February of 2018. So. I mean, oh, wow. almost okay. almost two years ago. So it's uh, yeah. it's been quite some time, but it, it's not as hard as you may think. And I'm sure people listening are like, we can tell it's not that hard. Um, <laughs> but it is. It has been a lot of fun. So uh, I appreciate you plugging it. I, I did not know that we were sponsoring this podcast, but that's very sweet of well, uh, Lombardi well, I, to do that. That leads <laughs> into the next thing I was going to say. If you not knowing, um, we we did not plan this podcast that we're about to record at all. Uh, because I have not talked to Tate since my alma mater beat the shit out of his uh, a couple <laughs> nights ago. Tate has gone radio silent, and uh, yes. I thought about reaching out. I, I thought about, Tate, like, you know, your, your family hosted me, your, your friends and family. I had a fantastic time in North Carolina before the game even started. Um, so I thought about reaching out, saying thank you, kind of recapping the whole trip. I thought it, then I thought on it more. I was like, you know what? It might be best to just get the the very first contact I have with him on the air. So that is what happening. What is happening now? Uh, you and I have not really talked. At all. The only the only talking we've done is basically setting up what time we're going to record this. We have not hashed it out. I did not say when the buzzer sounded. We, There's we'll, nothing we'll to hash. <laughs> we'll get we'll get into it, but like I, I we were not sitting together. We'll get into the reasons why. Um, the buzzer sounds on the game, and I look up. You're nowhere to be found. I don't hear from you all night. Yeah, we <laughs> and, were I, gone. and I haven't heard from you since. So uh, we are going to spend a lot of time <laughs> talking about what the hell happened in the Dean Dome, the massacre that happened uh, between North Carolina and Ohio State. Uh, we're going to talk more about the ACC Big Ten too, because it, the, the hits just keep coming, dude. Duke is playing well now again. 
apparently. Carolina is not. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna, we're gonna rehash all the, the uh, a really boring ACC Big Ten challenge, honestly. Um, but uh, we're gonna talk about that. Get to some other stuff. I cannot wait. This is going to be the most fun podcast I've ever done with you. <laughs> oh man, I'm not ready for this. But uh, we'll at least we'll at least have uh, Woody Durham on the call to start the thing. That, that's the that's the one shining beacon. So I'll let you I'll let you handle that. We'll get to the Ohio State massacre of North Carolina. But first, Woody Durham. All right, it is Friday. We are recording this uh, Friday afternoon. I am in Indiana. I, uh, I I came to Indianapolis after the, the fun times in Chapel Hill. Um, I'm keeping the Buckeye party rolling tape. I'm here to visit some family. Going to go to the Ohio State football game tomorrow night. Uh, you are back in LA. Yes. As I said, we, we have not talked to each other, and, and this is not a this is not a bit. This is not shtick. I'm not like lying for the for the podcast. <laughs> I literally did not hear your voice until you called me right now. <laughs> to, to, hey to man, how's pod. it going? What what, happened? <laughs> what, what, a, what a crazy game in Chapel Hill it was the other night. Man, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. What a tournament. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of back and forth. Man, Maryland, they're kind of living up to the hype. I didn't yeah. I didn't expect that. Who would have thought that would happen? Um, what about NC State <laughs> winning the race to 69? What a time for Kevin Keats. I'm excited about the NC State Wolfpack. Um, okay, where do you want to start? Been, what's been because going I, on, Mark Titus? I'm willing, uh, to start, I'm willing to start anywhere. I'm willing to. Do we want to start on how bad Carolina is, how good Ohio State is, how the, the, the night at large, the live show that we did the night before? Where, where do you want to start, Tate? I'll give you that because you, uh, you're you struggling right now. <laughs> I, I think you're struggling right now. I think the Carolina basketball community is struggling right now, Mark Titus, because let, let's work it back. Let's do a linear timeline. We don't want to confuse the folks because, again, this is the first time in the new iteration of the podcast that we are not in the same room while we're recording, which is, uh, you know, it, it's what we started with, with the teed up days. You were back in Columbus and I was in mm-hmm. L.A. And we were the two weird kids sitting in a room by ourselves talking to each other on the phone and recording it at microphones. and. Here we are. We've made it. We're back. We're back. Uh, yeah. So let, let's let's say on linear timelines. And so Tuesday night we have our beautiful live show at the Carolina Theater, which we both uh, we were both shocked and uh, both moved by the turnout with everyone there. Uh, we were also you know informed you know late you know the 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 basically on Sunday night I knew for sure that Tyler Hansborough was in China. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of talked about a man who uh, we build being at the, at the thing, a, a yeah. man who people <laughs> probably of the 400 tickets, probably 250 people came to see Tyler hands, bro. And, uh, they were upset. He was in China, but he sent a nice little video. Um, but we had this beautiful live show, despite that Greg Oden, uh, obviously the Cornell classes that he discussed on the last podcast, they're working. Uh, he was moving the room. He was making people laugh. He was he was just having a great night. It was a great time for us. And we had this little Q&A on the stage with Greg Barnes from Inside Carolina, who was the, the Carolina representative. He made fun of my writing. Uh, you know, he, he had some nice little ribs and jabs about, you know, what was going on with this current North Carolina team. Titus, you made the joke that you thought Cole Anthony reminded you of Austin Rivers a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, mm-hmm. The crowd was ooing and eyeing they they thought that that was a you know a a hot take to say but what did we learn in, in a linear timeline what did we learn the next night everything that was said on that stage was correct greg barnes said this is the least talented team Roy williams has had at north carolina 
Yeah, I thought right. I misheard him. I thought I misheard him when he said that. He was like, it, it, I, I really did. Yes. I had him clarify. I was like, I'm sorry, did you say this is the least? Because I was, my mind went 49 back to points at home yeah. Yeah. against your Ohio State Buckeyes, Mark Titus. I was in the building. You were in the building. You saw what was happening on the floor. You saw Chris Holtman. I mean, he's a man that he obviously owns Roy Williams at some level because like like we discussed at the live show last year in Columbus, we had Chris Holtman talking about he was the interim coach at Butler at the time. They played North Carolina mm-hmm. in the Bahamas, in Atlantis. I was at that game, as Mike Wilbon loves to say. You love to say that Mike Wilbon loves to say. Fool, that's a lot of layers to says. <laughs> but in the Bahamas, Chris Holtman basically gets the Butler job by beating North Carolina and Roy Williams, and he did it by just playing clinical, great basketball. Your boy Greg Oden, our boy, our third co-host, he says that Kyle Young is his favorite player on the team going into the Ohio State game. I knew that that was a red flag because that meant that Garrison Brooks was not going to have a good time. Garrison mm-hmm. Brooks gets owned by Kyle Young in that game. Amando Baycott, who had six blocks against Oregon, kind of shows some signs of maybe this five-star big will finally be a five-star big Carolina will love. He goes down with an ankle injury. He is now out indefinitely. So once Baycott goes down, I'm already shook. And all I'm getting, Mark Titus, as you know, Titus Curse. Titus Curse. It Titus a, Curse. Was, so you're, so your what are mom, you doing? What kind of voodoo are you in? I don't <laughs> under, I don't know what Indiana is about, but obviously something's going on between French Lick and Terre Haute, and I don't like it. Your I don't mom like it at all. Your your mother and father, very great people. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. a huge fan of both of them. They they are they are your mother especially very big believer in the Titus curse. Went to such <laughs> extent to 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 keep the Titus curse from from being in play that they bought us. To, they bought Greg and I tickets very graciously. They your, your dad said this is our Christmas present to you. Um, and, and, and your mom was like, it's not a Christmas present. We want to keep you as far away from our son as possible because every time you watch North Carolina play, North Carolina is horrible. Yes. And so you and I did not sit next to each other because your parents went to great lengths to see to it that uh, that we did not sit next to each other. Um, they got us tickets down close to the uh, – kind of close to the Ohio State bench, actually. And you brought up Chris Holtman. So – Greg and I get to the get our get to our seats. It was just it was just me and Greg sitting at uh, uh, these seats, like a few rows up from from right where Baycott went down. By the way, which oh, I, I, I felt I felt like that played into the curse a little bit too. That <laughs> no, I I had this moment when that happened where it was like the twilight zone because Baycott yeah. goes down because I thought he got fouled on the play, so I thought he was kind of selling it. But then I saw he was actually hurt, and then all I did was do the you know cut from there to cut to you and Greg, cut from there to cut oh. to you and Greg, and I'm like, oh my god, there there so, it is. Speaking curse. of you thinking that he was selling it, uh, I may or may not have stood up and yelled uh, at the ref when because Ohio State had like a fast break going and then they blow the play dead and I started screaming. I was like, "He's not dead. He just heard it. Like, like what are we doing?" I got real upset <laughs> and all the Carolina fans started booing me and they're like, "It's a kid. You're he's an 18 year old kid. You're yelling at and all that." And then I saw all these posts on Inside Carolina, people like bitching about the Ohio State fans when Baycott went down. Like, acted, that's how I knew you guys were screwed. Is because when Baycott went down, everyone in the arena acted like the kid had died, and oh, they're just like, yes. like how disrespectful it was that like Ohio State fans were, I don't know, not crying, not like having a moment of silence as he walked out. Like, what do you want it's, from us? It's, a, it's all about <laughs> respect for the game, Mark. Yeah, that's, as though, that's what, as though, that's what like, the crowd's saying in the. As dome. though if the roles are reversed and Grayson Allen rolls his ankle in the Dean Dome, <laughs> like the whole place is going to take their hats off and pray for him or something. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, we would, we would, but, but we'd be laughing. The whole time. But uh, that's what I knew you guys were in trouble because I could just sense that everyone was like, well, we've lost now, so now we got to play the class angle and, and say, well, we may, we may have lost, but we have more class than those those scrubs from Ohio. Um, but we're, we're sitting down there close close enough to the bench that, that the starting lineups get announced. They're about to do the tip-off. 
And uh, Holtman looks over and sees Greg and I uh, sitting sitting in our seats. And, you know, he's obviously looking at Greg, not me, but it doesn't matter because it, it, it felt like he was looking at me too. He just looks, looks over at both of us and just gives a fist pump. And oh my God, Greg and he I knew. look at each other. I was I was like rock hard. I was like, yes. We're, it's like we're in the Dean Dome, and, and the head coach of Ohio State just kind of gives us a fist pump, like we're about to kick their ass. And and Greg and I kind of knew, and he knew. And uh, as it turns out, everyone in the arena knew very very quickly <laughs> into that game. Um, yeah, man, I got I got to say, like it really sucks because uh, I I do I do enjoy. <laughs> getting the better of you in this regard, but like, I don't have any ill will towards Carolina. Like I, I, all of my excitement is not like from rubbing your face in this. It's more of like, I can't believe my alma mater went into like a blue, but like th- this never happens with Carolina. You, you and your life have never seen Carolina lose like this at home. Well, I guess oh, the one year against Duke, right? Yeah. I was, was going like to say, I was at again. the game in 2002 when Matt Darty basically said, you know what? I'm down to just get but, whooped by Duke. Um, yeah, but you 100%. guys sucked that year. You guys yeah, like knew, you, you guys were horrible. This yeah. this team was not supposed to like be that bad. So um, for, for Ohio Jawad State Williams to do that, game to save them. Yes. Yeah, you guys were favoring the game uh, the other night. Um, you guys were like favored by three or four points, and we won by twenty five. So uh, it was just pure ecstasy on our end. It was like it had nothing to do with like I'm so glad Carolina sucked or anything like that. It was just more of like. I had I had high hopes for this Ohio State team coming into the season. Uh, it's year three for Chris Holman. Not that people are, are thinking that he's not doing a great job. Obviously, everyone in Columbus is like he's killing it. But um, you know, at this point, he's kind of it, the, the cement is kind of drying on the foundation he's building in Columbus. You know, so it's like, all right, this is it's his team, it's his time. Let's see what this guy can do. And uh, for him to come out and and win by twenty five points in an arena that no one ever wins by 25 points in um it, it was unbelievable it was it was an absolutely perfect night i just wanted it to be close honestly that's kind of why i booked this trip to kind of why i booked <laughs> the trip to you're indianapolis you're killing me right now because you're giving like the carolina what i would be saying to you in a, in a in a normal version of this it's like look titus i'm happy you came to chapel hill look i'm glad the first half it was close glad you guys had some moments and uh you know good luck next time i hope the football season works out well for you guys and right now, all I'm thinking about is Mac is back. You know, even if you're talking about, you know, what was going on in the basketball court, my mom looks at me with about 12. So Roy, I mean, just to get back to like the Carolina fans, you talked about them getting mad at you when Baycott goes down. It wasn't because of the class angle. It was because they were thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, we're going to get beat by 25 points at home by Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, because right now, with you know, Sterling Manley is out, a guy who's from... Ohio, who probably could have helped in this game. He's out. He's not going to be able to play. They're playing Justin Pierce, who's going against Caleb Wesson. Justin Pierce mm. is smaller than Luke May is. And he's also, you know, basically at one point they wrote and puts this, you know, KJ Smith and basically the blue team and, you know, the scout team to, I guess, run offense. And, and flop, they almost flopped their way back into it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was like an old Duke model. I mean, I, I, it was unbelievable. I was like, what is yeah. going on right now? Shea Rush is like getting fouls called. I'm like, I, man, I, I turned what is to Greg going on? I, I turned to Greg. I said, I wouldn't even be mad if Carolina like got back into this game by flopping because I would love to hear Tate try to rationalize. Like, if you guys no, would have won, there would be no, <laughs> there was no rationalization. I had completely turned on the team. I, I cannot believe how out of sync they are, just completely across the board. And then you have this whole other layer to this team, which I find very interesting, which is basically. At the live show, Greg Barnes, you know, is actually giving us real insight on what's going on with this team. And, you know, Cole Anthony is a domineering, dominating type personality. So when he goes into a room, everyone's kind of like, 
oh, that's the guy. Like, that's Cole. That's who he is. He's got no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He lets people know he's number one. He wants you to know. But he also wants the refs to know that he's on the floor and that he's going to be dominating and, and basically commanding the game. And what you realize, I think, when you get to the level of these type games, ACC Big Ten Challenge that are on ESPN, and you get a guy who has the moniker TV Teddy, you realize that <laughs> Cole, you're not the show. You know what I mean? And so, like, Cole goes in this game, and, you know, he had a nice little run there. He hit a couple threes. He got up to, like, 15 points. I think they cut the lead to, like, one or two. This is in the first half. And, you know, he's coming down. He's trying to get fouls at the basket. And TV Teddy cannot wait to not call it because Cole Anthony does not stop barking at him anyway. And it was like mm. this weird turn of a sequence where we remember, you know, in 2018 when Joel Berry got, you know, TV Teddy turned his back on him. And everyone was like, I don't know if Teddy Valentine will ever be able to call a game again. What disrespect he has for these kids. He retired briefly. He retired. <laughs> yeah. he, he pulled like the Jordan retirement. He was like, I'm done with this. And then he came back and was wearing 45 and was like, you know, looking at people in the eyes and, you know, calling a fair game for once and not trying to get on TV every 10 minutes. Anyways, in this game, he was full throttle. He knew that Ohio State was going to beat North Carolina just, you know, because he's TV Teddy. And he was going at Cole Anthony. And Cole Anthony did him no favors. And it's the first time I've ever seen Roy let a freshman just kind of say whatever to Teddy or whomever, uh, which mm -hmm. I found very interesting. And I don't know if it's working. I don't know who the leader of the Carolina team is. I'm assuming it's Brandon Robinson and Garrison Brooks, but they're not, you know, grade A top talented guys like you've seen in North Carolina, like a Cole Anthony is. If Baycott is actually out for the rest of the year, like it looks like that he could be right now. This Wait, team, what? The rest of the year? Indefinitely, indefinitely supposed to be a long time. This is not you're Coach K. You're just trying K to make me feel bad for. No, 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 you're no. trying to make me this feel is, bad this, for This is not Coach K. Indefinitely, this is not Grayson is out indefinitely and he misses one game. This is Roy Williams. You know, a, a great medical staff in North Carolina saying indefinitely. So if he's out for a while, I don't know where I don't know where this North Carolina team goes, which I think is crazy to say, and that's why. I don't even know if you should be as excited as you are right now. Because oh, it doesn't count. I still, I still have a lot. I still have a lot to see from Ohio State. You know, I mean, they played a great game, yeah. but I think they had too many turnovers. Carolina didn't really turn the ball over. They're just really bad, and uh, and I think I think Ohio State is an actual national title contender, but North Carolina did not give them the proper. You know, oh the proper effort, right, for them to match. I gotta say, I, I I had I had a lot of ideas of where you're going to take this, and uh, going with the actually, as it turns <laughs> out, Carolina is so bad that that is, are we sure this is even an no. impressive win for Ohio State? Was an angle um, I was not prepared for. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think North Carolina is the number seven team in the country. No, they're and not. I, and, and I think not. Ohio State is probably the number six or seven team in the country from what I, we've seen so far. It feels good, not just that we beat the shit out of you guys, but that I like it. Kind of validated my opinions on both of these teams coming in, um, and and a lot of a lot of my opinions on North Carolina were just based on your enthusiasm for this team. Like even before the season started, I could tell that you were not feeling this team at all. You're like Cole Anthony is <laughs> going to be good, but like I have no and and, and then, well, I didn't but, even know that. I was just like, yeah. I think Cole Anthony is going to be good based on what I've heard, but I also I just don't really see this working. And all I yeah. can think about is what if Nasir Little stayed and they had one guy who actually was on the wing that could be a real threat, they would have a real legitimate shot at being a real team, but they're so far removed from that. And I, I mean, the worst part was the biggest dagger of it all was that Ohio State winning that game. I mean, you won the Big Ten ACC Challenge, you know, it made it eight to six. So it was yeah. like the double entendre just being like, and the Big Ten is better than the ACC this year, which 
goes back to, you know, a little bit what you were talking at the start of the year, which is the Big Ten are do a title. It doesn't look like Michigan State will be that team. What if it's Ohio State? What if it is Ohio State? Exactly. Um, well, the, the crazy thing about this is that uh, I, I thought back on the game, and outside of Dwayne Washington, who who Greg uh, Odin at the live show also was was singing his praises, uh, he, he was pretty good with that prediction because the night before he, he was talking about like, uh, we were doing a breakdown of the game, and Greg was like, Dwayne Washington is my favorite player. He's like, Kyle Young's my favorite. He, he said, Kyle Young's my favorite. I'm sorry. Kyle Young is my favorite, but I think Dwayne Washington has the chance to be like really, really special. And you could tell like all the Carolina fans at our live show are like, who the hell are these guys? I've never heard of any of these guys. And uh, it, it, it was especially satisfying for Greg and I to watch Dwayne Washington torch you guys when the night before... Um, everyone in that audience was like, I have no idea who Dwayne Washington is. Have you heard of a guy named Cole Anthony? Cause he's good. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, uh, it was the, it was the carton. Everyone was talking about carton. Like yeah, he was carton. Maybe the one that but, really blew it up. But KJ Smith did pretty well against DJ carton. I thought so. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. But I outside, mean, but that's what I was going to say. Like outside of Washington, I didn't really feel like we played, we played great defensively. That's, that's yes. shout out to Terry, to, to, uh, Terry Johnson, our assistant coach, our defensive coordinator. He's the, the loot. Luke Yaklich of Ohio State this year, the the guy that um, look, I got a stat yeah. for you. And talking what? about that, your Ohio State is holding the other team's leading score to ten point four points and thirty percent shooting so far oh this my season God. through eight games. Yeah, yeah, we're actually we're we're very very good. I think Kempom we're number two behind Virginia. Who uh, we got to talk about that? That was my second. That was my second stat. Yeah. That was going to yeah. say you oh, guys are oh. the new Virginia. So do there you hate go. your team? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> Um, no, I do not. I, I love my team very much. Um, well, I, I really didn't feel like we played that well. Like in, if you look across the board individually, like Caleb Wesson had six turnovers, I think, and four offensive, he had certainly three offensive fouls. He had four fouls. They love calling offensive fouls on Caleb. Uh, uh, TV Teddy just loves calling offensive yeah, fouls. Yeah. TV Teddy is like, he's basically an umpire that just wants to call strikeouts. So he's like, is Kershaw yeah. pitching? Yeah. I'm doing that game. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty much it, man. So like, I, I like DJ Carton was kind of quiet he didn't play poorly he just kind of uh you know as you said he he was getting guarded pretty well um uh i, I the, the ej liddell gave us good minutes it's, i don't really feel like anybody on Ohio state played bad per se but like you you look at the individual performances and outside of dwayne washington it wasn't like guys were just lighting it up and and you look at that and say well okay you want to by 25 at the dean dome but you're not gonna be able to replicate that throughout the season that's what i think makes me most excited is that I, they can replicate this throughout the season. It's not like guys are just playing out of their ass and it all came together in one night. Um, we were very, very, very good. And I think we're only going to get better. And I'm very excited because Tate, beyond all of that, uh, as you said, you are now shifting over to football season. Um, yes. My alma mater also has the number one football team in the country. And holy hell, is it a fun time to be a Buckeye? We, uh, we are a fan base that is known for our arrogance. We are a fan base that the rest of the country hates. And uh, I am enjoying drinking everyone's tears right now. And I'm not going to enjoy when all this gets thrown back in my face when we lose to LSU in the football playoff. And then, like, God knows what happens in March Madness and we lose in the second round on a half-court buzzer beater or some shit like that. But right now it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like at this point you and I are going to start, like, our own civil war on this podcast where I start supporting LSU and all these teams from the SEC and the (laughs) ACC. And I start turning on Ohio State and the Big Ten. But I hope we don't get to that point because, again, North Carolina shot 27.4% from the field. That's the worst ever in the Smith Center's history. Ever. Is it really? Ever. Ever? Ever. Oh my God! It's music to my ears. Since, um, since BJ Armstrong and the Iowa Hawkeyes came in and beat them for the first time in the building, and North Carolina shot twenty nine percent in that game, 
27.4%. Holy smoke. Dude, you guys, My goodness. I, I was talking to Greg about this throughout the game because Greg didn't know a ton about Carolina coming in and and he kind of just assumed like most people across the country that Carolina, there's like a certain level of play out of Carolina. Like I, I was like, dude, I don't think this team's that good. He's like, yeah, but it's still North Carolina and you have Cole Anthony. Like they can't be bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I don't know, Greg, I think they're kind of bad. And then by halftime, we were just talking about like watching you guys just curl off screens and catch the ball you don't look like basketball players. It's so wild. Like you can tell how, never mind the shooting or the passing or the dribbling. It's just like you catch the ball wrong. Like you don't even square your shoulders. Right. Like I knew the Baycott thing was, it was a great sign that you guys were definitely losing. But then when Brandon Huffman comes in and catches the ball on the block and turns and faces and just like throws it off the backboard as hard as he could. And I, I realized like Roy Williams has given this man minutes. I was like, all right, this is a bad North Carolina team. This is very, very bad that, that he, he felt like he, had it within, um, he felt like it was within his rights to turn around and basically have a turnaround jump shot that had no prayer of going in and almost broke the backboard. I was like, this is a sad state of affairs that that might be the best offense they have anyway. That's <laughs> Brandon Huffman. <laughs> it's Brandon Huffman just throwing the ball. And then Roy Williams took him out of the game and he's basically like, Brandon, are you kidding me? What was that? Like, what Brandon's what's like, going- He's like, I don't know, coach. Like, what am I supposed Brandon's to like, do? Coach, are you watching the rest of this shit out here? Like, what, <laughs> what do you want to do? He's like, well, somebody throw me an alley oop, or at least just miss a layup so I can dunk it back. That's the other part. I mean, Cole Anthony's got to get to the basket. Uh, he's trying to draw contact and not finish. And that's one of the things that Ty Lawson was the king of, and and something that Kobe White I thought was really good at as a freshman, which is basically like, I'm not just trying to draw contact. I'm trying to use that contact to get more space to then finish. And yeah. uh, and I don't think Cole's at that level yet. And I think he also likes to talk and bark to the refs. And if TV Teddy's around, it's not going to really work. Um, can we stop talking about North Carolina? Because I'm getting sad over here. Can we just talk no. about the rest of the ACC Big Ten? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. some more let's, thoughts. Let's, I wanted what, to say... What, um, sorry, two, enjoyed... more, two more thoughts before I start crying. Uh, a few more thoughts is we went out on Franklin Street. Uh, I, I want to oh, give yes. you the post game report because you were not there to enjoy it. No, my mom when, and dad and uh, my brother, everyone, we got in the car and we got out of there. I mean, and Roy Williams said after the game, he said, "Look, if you suck out there, somebody should come in for you." And basically, he didn't blame the fans for leaving early, which is, look, I didn't necessarily leave early, but I got out of there pretty quickly. When did you actually leave? When the buzzer sounded? No, when you guys got to 69 points. My mom said, let's oh, go. Uh, oh, it's over? <laughs> yes, the race is 69. Um, And then the that's what that's about when the uh, OHIO started around the Dean Dome. And, f- dude, just let me be arrogant, the the, the arrogant Buckeye fan for a little, little bit. Uh, the good news is that f- no one heard it in the Dean Dome because everyone had left. The only people that yeah, heard it was exactly. Roy Williams. And he was like, what are they saying? Dude, four days after we did OHIO around Michigan Stadium because we were beating the hell out of Michigan in football. We did it in the Dean Dome, and um, it, it just feels good. It feels good to win one. You know, a, a lowly athletic department like Ohio State to finally come <laughs> yeah. out on top. It it's just good feels to see the so little good. guy finally get, you know, get on top for once. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay, so you, you leave early. Uh, you were not there for the postgame festivities, uh, so I will give you the report. We went out Please. on Franklin Street. It was a very late game, so it gets over. Like, we got we got to the bars probably at, like, 12, 15, 1230. Um it was absolutely dead. That was another like kind of satisfying thing. Is like the only people that were out were Carolina's like the degenerate Carolina students that had finals coming up that were just trying to like drink away their sorrows or just like took finals and sucked or something. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, or the kids that just they just got kicked out of school, so they're or, just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta now drink. Or the 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 AFAM majors that knew they didn't have to actually do anything the next day anyway. <laughs> hey, they changed the name of that major. Oh, did they? Okay, it's, it's right. triple it's triple AD now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
it, it was pretty dead and it, but there were a ton of ohio state people out we we went to he's not here uh a staple on campus right is it is that like is that actually like a cool bar or is it I'm now gonna debunk like, all this stuff so he's okay. not obviously is a beloved thing everyone loves the blue cups everyone loves the you know okay. it's got a very familiar look and aesthetic so people like to point to he's not but he's not is basically you know for you when you were underage to go to a bar in chapel hill you know what i mean and then once you get of age you say i think i'm i think i got it but like but when you come back and visit you go so it's basically like alums that come back and want to see a great like time to be nostalgic which is like i go back there now and have a good time but like there's this weird bridge period between like you being underage and drinking there and then you don't want to go anymore and you don't like it. And then you come back. I think I think you hit like 26, 27. You're like, oh, I love he's not. So yeah. if you if you meet like a 24-year-old kid that went to Carolina, he's going to be obnoxious about he's not. And he's okay. probably listening right now. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, see, he's not. Yeah, yeah, it made total sense. It smells, it smells like, it smells like piss and stale beer in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like yeah, they yeah. don't serve food. They don't serve. I mean, I would rather have liquor. So like, I can't drink like tubs of beer. I'm just like, this mm-hmm. is, you know. So it's a, just a different experience for some. But I'm happy that you were there, and I'm happy that Greg Oden was there, and I can't believe that Greg Oden was able to stand in. He's not because it's literally like eight feet roof or something like that. If that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we went there. It, it was he, he found he actually found a hole in the roof and stood under under that so his head oh, could yes. pop up. Yeah, and have enough room. Um, we did that move. We shut that place down. Then we walked the timeout. Got the chicken cheddar biscuit. Uh, stayed there. We, we ended up staying out till like 4 a.m. Um, it was it was a fun time. Uh, I I don't I don't know. I gotta say, like I've never done this before. I've never gone to a um an Ohio State basketball game on the road and and celebrated a win like this. Uh, I I don't know if that seems strange. I don't know. Hearing it out loud, it kind of feels weird. But I've never had that experience before. Like uh, because every time you know, like when I was on the team, we would win, then we'd fly back. And um, I haven't really gone to a lot of road games since as an alum. So. It was like a wild experience to like win a game and then feel like you're taking over a campus with all Ohio State fans just walking up and down the, the street. Fun time state. Wish you could have been there. <laughs> my cousin Matt was there. My cousin Matt is awesome. And uh, and Chad Flack, for people that are Carolina fans, Chad Flack, great North Carolina baseball legend. Uh, I know that they went with you to He's Not. They said that you guys didn't know how yeah, far we had the a great walk time. to Heat. They were like, they, they, they were like, Greg and Mark did not know the walk to He's Not was going to be like a legitimate 25-minute walk. And I was like, yeah. That's the that's the trick that they get you with the Dean Dome. They they yeah. make it seem like it's super close to to everything, but it's a, it's a little ways down the hill. Uh, All right, we can, no, I'm, we can I'm, move I'm, on. My, uh, no, my I'm, parting I'm, thought. I, I'm glad that you had. I'm glad you had a beautiful experience in North Carolina, especially with timeout. I wish it was at the old spot. I'm I'm just bitter now about the whole thing. Like Chapel Hill did not <laughs> deliver. Did not deliver the goods this time, but we're okay. Uh, we'll be back. My parting thought, two parting thoughts, I guess. Number one, Dean Dome bathrooms, absolute trash. I had people tweeting at me about that, um, especially as Purdue was r- running Virginia off the floor. They're like, wow, hey, yeah. hey, the, the magic, ma- the magical Mackie bathrooms are getting it done against your beloved Wahoos. Um, give us a report since you're going to the game. Give us a Dean Dome report of the bathrooms. They're horrible. You got they got the piss troughs that uh, IU had forever. I don't know if IU still does. I haven't been to a game in Assembly Hall in a few years. I think IU renovated theirs, but. Um, yeah, you got the piss troughs. We got to fix that at, at the Dean Dome. I, I I give the Dean Dome a B minus. You get better bathrooms. I might upgrade it, Tate. That's my that's my report. Um, the Dean Dome is going to be a museum at some point for all of all things North Carolina basketball, and they're they're going to build like a state of the art new Carmichael, hopefully where Carmichael is, something like that. That's what I'm. They should just for. move. 
You should just move the rest of your games from now on back to Carmichael and make that the last game ever played at the Dean Dome. Wofford versus North Carolina <laughs> in Carmichael coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be there. There you That'd go. Be great. Um, That'd be great. Uh, what else? Oh, wh- wh- the the bet. Yeah, We're, I'm going to let you off the hook for today, but you are now moving forward every Friday. You're responsible for the Pac-12 update. So, um, yeah, that's going to be so fun to hear you. The, the, the Pac-12 update is that Utah is number five in football. Is that for real? Okay. okay. <laughs> that's the update. Wait, wait. Is that You're, serious? Are they actually number five in the nation? They have a chance I, to make the playoff, or is this just a joke? So if they beat I, Oregon today at 5 o'clock Pacific, they could technically be in the playoff because I would pay money for Utah to be in the playoff. Okay, Paul. Fine, I've never Paul, watched them down. play, but I, I want to see them against somebody else. I want to see them against LSU. Dude, this is going to be, I'm so excited for the Pac-12 update from you all season because I think that's what it's going to be. Is like you're going to Google 10 minutes before we record Pac-12 basketball. You're going to read a headline and then you're just going to basically read the headline with a question mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, Sean is Miller's this for lost real? four in a row. I'm like, this is happening. <laughs> Do you see this? You're going to Jay Leno it. Did you see this? Do you hear about this? It says, uh, <laughs> it says Oregon State is now in second place. Is that true? Do you see Cal's got to play at Santa Clara? That's a bad matchup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. All right. That's that's enough. That's enough. Uh, that's enough talk. Um, I think I feel like I left you off a little bit easy, but at the same time, what else is there to say? You know yeah. your team sucks. You, it, you it, smartly, you you got ahead of it. You smartly said like, I gave you the floor to start, and you're like, we suck. It doesn't even count as a good win for Ohio State because we're so bad. And then what <laughs> what am I what am I supposed to say after that? Yeah, I, I basically pulled the we're sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. that was that was genius. Um, yeah, thank you. What other what other ACC Big Ten games you want to talk about? I basically just want to. I run know one through. you don't want to talk about. Dude. No, I want to. I want to talk about the team that you don't want to talk about, and I know why you don't want to talk about them. But I want to talk about Indiana, and I want to talk about them beating Florida State. And I just am pretty impressed with the fact that Florida State have been holding. I mean, they've been playing great defense basically, and they look like a legitimate team, a team that I was going to point out at some point to you. Hey, I think Florida State can make a real run at the ACC, and they go up to Bloomington. And Arch is undefeated at this point. They have a terrible schedule, right? They have, it was ranked like 300 and something. They've played every game at home. Every yeah, exactly. game like, I don't so know far, who's yeah. making their schedule, but obviously a genius. So Archie Miller, congratulations on that. But they shoot 55% from schedule. the field. It's the, yeah, 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 it's the it's the Bayham special. Bayham schedule. Yeah. Yes, genius. Uh, they shot 55% and they obviously uh, beat Florida State, a team that's been playing great defense and held like five teams at least under 40 points. I can't remember what the number was I saw earlier, but... What is happening with Indiana? Is it actually Miller time? And well, can we listen, talk about it? Or are you just trying to hide it from the world? Because listen, I'm cool you're if you pretending. That's fine. I, I do want to hide it, but I do want to say this: uh, not all is lost for North Carolina. I know it's sad, sad times uh, in Chapel Hill right now. But um, if if you remember when Danny Green won the the NBA title with the Raptors, <laughs> yes, Dante Indiana Green. was. Yes. Indiana was quick to point out that Devontae Green's brother Devontae had won Green. won a title. So the good news for Carolina is that, yes, you did lose by 25 at home to Ohio State, but Danny Green's brother scored 30 points against Florida State. So kind of a kind of comes out in the wash, you know? Like yeah, a and, and very big deal. Yes, yeah, the same thing. It's just the Green family. And then also shout out to Draymond Green, also part of the Green family, for getting there his jersey go. retired with Michigan State. That oh. was very great. And uh, Steve Kerr said he wouldn't miss it for the world. That was very nice. Uh, I, th- I thought those guys didn't like each other, but apparently they do. So it's to, bigger than basketball, folks. To answer your question, I do not want to Even talk about Even though this Indiana. is about basketball. But yeah, it's still right. bigger than that, yes. 
to answer your question, I do not want to talk about Indiana. I want to uh, to, to not address. <laughs> That's it. why I'm um, moving on. That's why I'm yeah, moving on we, to we what people really want to talk about. Duke did it. Duke. I do, Duke got uh, over the demons of last year in the tournament. They they did you see the Instagram post? Did you see the Duke uh, basketball? We, we, Titus and I are both obsessed with the Duke basketball uh, Instagram because they disable the comments when they lose. Apparently, when they lost to Stephen F. Austin, you pointed out they disabled <laughs> the comments. So now we're keeping an eye for like the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows. But they beat Michigan State 87 to 85. Uh, that got the ACC Big Ten at the time was tied four to four. Everyone's excited. Duke's saving the day for the ACC. Tom Izzo's freaking out. He's basically saying this team's going through hell. And at the same time, Duke does this whole like Trey Jones like redemption video for them beating Michigan State because they lost to him last year in the tournament. And I had to ask you, are we sure that that's one to one? Hmm. Mm, that's a great point. Uh, I don't know if that's a redemption. Like, I understand Virginia gets a redemption video. They lost to UMBC in the first round of the tournament, then they win it the next year. That seems like a let's show them crying and then get redemption. But I don't know. This is just this I, is a this is a Duke social account question. I, I but also think congratulations to get, the Blue Devils. Trey Jones gets redemption. Hang on. Ugh, excuse <laughs> me. Trey Trey Jones gets redemption for um you and I the, the podcast leading in the, the the one we did on Tuesday where we were ripping him for like no one would care about this guy if he wasn't Tyus Jones's brother. Um and then he goes out and drops 20 and 12, but he does have six turnovers. I mean, this is this is something that needs to be brought up. It's like Trey Jones is still turning the ball over a lot. But yeah, he did play well. He did uh uh I think that is the redemption angle is is that guys like you and I who 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 watch him and and to be fair to us though like this is the, the the complaint is not that he can't play well it's that he's liable the next time out to to go four for 16 from the field and have seven turnovers you know um that's the that's the issue i have with the guy but uh no he, he stepped up vernon Carey was great duke has now won eight in a row in this thing dude i don't know if you're aware of that no team in the acc or big 10 has won, has a winning streak in the acc big 10 challenge of more than two games and duke has won eight in a row and they're, five, they're, and they're five. Like and they're five and zero against Michigan State. Yeah, they're five and zero against Michigan State. Nineteen and two all time. And basically, they they kind of just salvaged the whole story, right? With the with the, with the whole, I mean, Stephen F. Austin thing. You know, I mean, that was a horrible loss. But now that they win this game, everyone nationally says, "Wow, Duke's got it figured out. They've beaten Duke's Kansas. They, they, they've beaten Michigan State. And now uh, Michigan State is really the question mark because they're five and three. And without you know that game, uh, that second half against Seton Hall, where they you know kind of came back and figured it out, they'd be four and four. They'd be a five hundred team. Yeah. Um, so uh, now that all the heat's back on Izzo, now they're asking Izzo why he can't beat Duke in the same way they're asking Harbaugh why he can't beat Ohio State. And that's what we like to call in the business a segue back to your Ohio State Buckeyes because you deserve that. Congratulations to Ohio State for being the number one football team and for beating the <laughs> hell out of Roy Williams and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Because again, Chris Holtman is a friend of the program and he is a coach of the program. He's a cop. That's what we call our mm, coaches of the program, mm. cops. And so I want to give him credit and, and make that segue. But what is going on with Michigan State, Mark Titus? Because you well, are actually the Izzo whisperer, and people need to know that. Listen, this is it's 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 pretty clear what's going on in Michigan State, and it sucks. And it's something that like puts guys like you and I in a position where we want to have fun talking about college basketball and 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 rip mm-hmm. on teams when they're sucking and and yeah. all that this kind of stuff. This is not that. This is not. This is not that. Um, Maybe maybe I'm just making excuses for him, but like we kind of saw when we were out in Maui that the uh, the Cassius Winston's brother passing away, um, th- that whole thing. I really genuinely think it has like a, a serious impact on. It, f- it feels like Cassius, and again, 
I'm sure Michigan fans are rolling your eyes. I'm sure people could say like, this is just a convenient excuse because they're not playing well, whatever. To that, I would say it's not a convenient excuse at all. Like, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not, I, I, I forget it. I'm not trying to make a straw man. I'm not trying to argue a straw man. The point is, um, we when we were in Maui, it kind of did feel like Cassius, like the Virginia Tech game. It sort of, it did kind of look like he was asleep at the wheel. And the uncomfortable thing is like, he has to play better for them to be good. The whole reason people had high hopes for Michigan State this year is because Cassius Winston was the preseason national player of the year. Um, but at the same time, no one in your their right mind would possibly criticize Cassius Winston for not playing better this year. Like, I don't, I, if, if that was me, I don't even know how I would ever step foot on a court. I don't even know how I would live like a semi-normal life, much less like, go out on a basketball court and and have pressure and expectations every single night. Um, it, but I, I really do think it like just stems from that. There's that. There's also like part of the, part of the reason people were so high on Michigan state this year is Josh Langford. I mean, Josh Langford is not, he's probably going to be out for the year. His career is probably done. If we're being honest, they said they're going to revisit in January, but uh, you actually like talk to people in Michigan state, people that are plugged in and kind of have an idea of what's going on there. Um, I don't think I don't think there's a lot of optimism that Josh Langford is going to come back. But when you have a, a senior like him who is a great defender, can get you like 15 points a game, yeah. uh, everyone thought he was going to play this year. That had a lot to do with their number one ranking. He's out now. He's probably done. Uh, probably not going to see the court all season. Um, I think you pair those two things together, man, and it's really not that hard to figure out how they got here. Um, now, I, I again, I don't know. Like it, It's just a really uncomfortable spot because – on the one hand, it's like Cassius is, is better than what he's showing us. And, and in a vacuum, you're like, Cassius Winston should probably play better. On the other hand, like I said, good luck being the one to step up to tell him that. Because I'm sure shit not going to be the guy that, that says that to him. Um, I think just simply putting on a jersey and going out there every night is like braver than 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 anything I could handle. If, if that was me, I would just crawl into bed and, and not want to see the world for a very long time. So, um I don't know, man. It, it really does suck, and I feel like that's really what's going on. And Izzo knows it. Everyone in the program knows it. Uh, if if, if, if this if what we were hearing uh, uh, from everyone from Michigan State is believe, be believed, his brother was like a, a very close with a lot of the players on the team, so it wasn't just like a Cassius thing. It was like the whole team kind of loved his brother, um, and they're all mourning in their own ways. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 some real shit that uh, guys that young should not have to deal with, and. Um, I don't know. I, I hope. I just hope the season's not a lost cause, man. I hope they can like figure it out because they do have a really talented team and um and all that. But at the same time, there are more important things than basketball, and and that's yep. that. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to discredit Duke, by the way, because Duke Duke did play really well. Um, that is the silver lining for the Duke thing coming back. Like I know I know you hate that Duke is like quote unquote back or playing better, but this is great for 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 Duke moving forward. Is that we're going to do the Duke is back, not back thing all year again. They lose to Stephen F. Austin, and then they, they have lost to Stephen F. Austin at home, and then they've also beaten Kansas and Michigan State away from home at this point in the season. And it's not even – it's the December – what is it, 6th? It's December 6th, and Duke has already has a humiliating loss at home and two really good wins away from home. <laughs> it's great. Well, yeah, it's the perfect version of resume season, which is what we talked about, building a resume, and Duke is building a resume for them to somehow backdoor into finishing you know, co-champions in the regular season of the ACC or second, then winning the tournament, and then people pointing to the fact that they have this amazing resume that they built, as Graham Couch likes to say, at neutral sites. Um, yeah. <laughs> until they won on the road. So they did it officially. They did win in East Lansing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So now, so now it's official. They won in East Lansing. So that's why I'm but not as discouraged. It, I think that it it, it kind of boosts Duke back up into the national 
spotlight as far as being a blue blood that is succeeding because we keep talking about the blue bloods that are failing whether it be kentucky whether it be carolina uh i think kansas has obviously kind of gotten past the you know the bumps in the road but people are kind of you know maybe not putting them in the, the center of the spotlight just due to the other stuff or as bill self like i said what the haters are talking about um <laughs> you know so yeah, so so it's good for duke like they're, they're gonna be the team that people talk about now is like what you know how good is duke um and yeah. they beat kansas you know that's the thing I, I, I think Michigan State though, like I, in thinking about Michigan State, I am the king of the uh, the like you, you call me the Izzo whisper, and um, I, I have been on this forever that Izzo purposely tanks games, that Izzo is is trying to peak at the right time, all that kind of stuff. Yep. This year, I I have my doubts about that. Like this this is a year where like I I don't know. I I I don't think that they're bad. I I believe in each of the players individually. Xavier Tillman, I really really like Cassius Winston, obviously um deserved being named preseason player of the year is when he's on he's one of one of the best if not the best players in the country uh i really like aaron henry who is a no-show completely against duke um maybe because he's an indiana kid that's part of why i like him i don't know but he he in maui he was great he he's he's very very good when he wants to be like the the pieces that michigan state have still make sense they're still ranked like fourth on kim pom right now kim pom still says they're not that bad. Like he's like, yeah, they're they're just not winning. They're <laughs> they're very efficient, but they're losing. Um, but I I don't know, man. Like I don't know how you I don't know how you recover from that. I don't know how you ask like guys in their their late teens, early twenties to like grieve, but also like do a I, I, a, a quote unquote yeah. job that's not actually a job. Like I think, like I don't know. It's just too like for me. I I know if I was in their shoes, that would be way too much for me to handle. And um. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're stronger than I am, and they'll figure it out. And like a couple, as the season progresses, like they'll go through the morning process and 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 figure it all out. But uh, I, if if you told me Michigan State ended up going 500 this year and just like all the enthusiasm was gone, like I I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it's going to happen. That, that that is not a prediction. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take me the wrong way. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't blame them one bit because that's serious shit that like no one should have to deal with at this point in your life. Yeah, and I don't think he's was so, asking them to deal with it, uh, and I think yeah. that's what he's talking about. That's but that's what I says, mean. Like, that's why he says they're going through hell. That's why I mean, and it's one thing for Cassius Winston to put on a jersey and play a basketball game. But he's also the face of the team, so he's asked to do a lot of the media stuff. He's asked to be right. the, the beacon of hope, to be the you know basically the the bulldog in the fight for everyone. And it's hard to have a dog in the fight when you know your mind is elsewhere, and you know the the, yeah. the basketball the game is built around love, and if you know that is hindered at any point then obviously that changes things so dude i mean like under normal circumstances Izzo is is loving where michigan state's at right now because he can grab cassius winston you know grab his jersey scream at him challenge his manhood in practice get him going then cassius responds he yells at his teammates like then they all bond it you know what i mean like that is that feels like the normal formula for this but um you can't do that now like that's just that would it just can't have so i don't know man it's 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 a tough situation but uh hopefully they can figure it out and um i don't know what else to say about that but uh yeah congrats congrats to duke (laughs) yeah congrats to duke to figure it out we're gonna take a let's take a quick break and uh we'll come back and then we're gonna talk about kind of what's going on uh with our boy patrick ewing and and news around the old big east we'll be right back All right, quick break to get away from our sponsor, Dollar Shave Club. We cannot stress enough the quality of their products. They spent years developing, crafting, refining everything. They have everything we use to look, feel, and smell our best. You name it, they have it. We use it. 
Mark Titus, you've been a member for years, right? You've been using Dollar Shave Club. You have all the products. I have. Is that is that true? I used it this morning. <laughs> I, I uh, people are making fun of me because I'm so uh, excited about the prep scrub. That's the product. I yeah, they love the up. prep scrub. Yeah, I'm the shave you, butter. I'm telling the you, the executive you, razor, all that yeah. stuff. They love it. Mm-hmm. We love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. I, I use all of it. Yeah. I use it all. The prep scrub is unbelievable. I use the. I, I'm gonna start using the prep scrub. Like the prep scrub is so good. I want to use it on my whole body. I just want to scrub my whole body and then shave. That 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 should be a bet. We should do a bet with Dollar Shave Club sometime. When next time our alma maters play, we'll uh, we'll do that. The loser has to prep scrub your entire body and then shave all the. And then give a Pac-12 update I while would, getting scrubbed down by the prep scrub. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be perfect. <laughs> all right. And and just like the prep scrub and this this challenge that Mark Titus is talking about, Dollar Shave Club has you covered head to toe. They have everything you need to shower, shave, style your hair, brush your teeth, and yes, even wipe your butt. You do not hear me wrong. Wipe your butt. Butt wipes. Dollar Shave Club can keep you automatically stocked up on all the products you use. You can get what you want whenever whenever you need it, whether that's once a month or a few times a year. I never have to waste time at a store wondering what I'm getting is any good. As a Dollar Shave Club member, I know, you know, Mark Titus knows what we're getting into is the highest of quality. And right now, you can put the quality of Dollar Shave Club's products to the test. Their ultimate shave starter set has basically everything you need for an amazing shave. The executive razor, the shave butter, Mark Titus, your favorite, the prep scrub, and post-shave do. Best part is you can try it for just $5. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get your ultimate starter set for just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash Tate. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Tate. Let's get back to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. All right, we're back. Uh, before we get to, I, I want to talk to you about this Georgetown story that's going on. Like the 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 walls are caving in on Patrick Ewing. It feels like, but at the same time, we know how college basketball media works. Who the hell knows whether whether yeah. it's actually going right to now? It's the, the, yeah, it's the PR battle that's ahead that will determine um, whether Patrick Ewing rises but we didn't or falls. Even, we didn't even mention and, and recapping the ACC Big Ten. We did not even mention the the biggest game of the event in terms of what the rankings were: Louisville, Michigan, which turned out to be a very, very ugly, very, very boring game. Uh, all I, I don't know. I just feel like we should just recap it real quick. That John Teske had eighteen of Michigan's forty three points. So I think that's where you start. <laughs> that's kind of where I want to end with the discussion. <laughs> Is that that's pretty much it? Yeah, that makes this sense. This game was so ugly that John Teske almost scored half of Michigan's points. Um, I wasn't surprised in the result at all. Like it was kind of what we expected. Louisville, uh, you know, Michigan ascended to the number four ranking. Uh, you, we, we were discussing it on the podcast going in. Um, they they deserved it, but at the same time, nobody thought they're actually the fourth best team in the country. Uh, they'll probably bounce back down. They'll stay in the top ten. I'm sure that feels more right. Um, but yeah, very very ugly game. Uh, first half, like uh, uh, Michigan had 18 points at the first half. Louisville never trailed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to really say about that other than, um, oh, by the way, Ohio State scrimmaged Louisville before the season, Tate. We won by 20. We beat the shit out of Louisville without DJ Carton, who sprained his ankle in the first half. We, we, the scrimmage took place at Louisville, and yet uh, Louisville is going to be ranked number one above us. So um, I don't know. That's something that's pretty interesting. I was going to say, I mean, the craziest part about that Michigan game was like they shot 26% from the field against Louisville, but I don't think Louisville necessarily played that great. They just kind of dominated the whole game. And that was the whole ACC Big Ten challenge for me, at least. It was all blowouts. I mean, the only game that ended up being pretty close was the Miami game, right? Because that was all Illinois. Miami was was blowing up. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. They were blowing them out in the first half. Yeah, and Chris Likes got hot in the first half, and then he kind of like – 
tapered off a little bit, and then it ended up being a uh, two-point game. But it, it was all it was all blowouts. So that's what yeah, I would say. Average. So so does the ACC Big Ten challenge basically go under the, the Champions Classic, where we're like, does it really count? I don't think it counts. Let no, no. <laughs> me just wipe it away. Let's get rid of it. You, you, you reach this conclusion when uh, Carolina loses by 25 at home yeah. and Duke wins by I think 12 we wiped, at Michigan I think we State. wiped this away. I, I think I, I, something needs to happen differently here. No, dude. Uh, I, we'll I, as, a guy, as a guy who grew up an Indiana fan and, and now is an Ohio State alum, um, I was I, I thought it was a great ACC Big Ten Challenge personally. Oh, wow. It. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Differing I, I, vantage points. We'll see. Average margin of victory in the 14 games was 16.8 points. So uh, not a great challenge, like in terms of if you're a neutral fan, you're watching this. I think you were pretty bored, um, but some interesting results, certainly. But like no game that was really worth like really breaking down other than the fact that my alma mater kicked your alma mater's ass. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Georgetown a little bit. Do you, have you been paying attention to this? Lost in all the madness of yes. of, of us traveling to Chapel Hill and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Monday news news comes out of Georgetown that Josh LeBlanc and James Akinjo, uh, Akinjo was the biggest freshman of the year last year, starting point guard. Um, yep. He's a sophomore this year, was was in the backcourt with Mac McClung. Those were the two guys that were supposed to be the, the engine for... He's already averaging 13 points per game already this season, yeah. Yeah, they got your seven now, but it was supposed to be... like your seven's a senior transfer from NC State. Uh, yep. it, was, it was supposed to... Like, like, McClung and Akinjo were the backcourt. They were the engine. They were like the guys to be excited about with Georgetown. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Akinjo and LeBlanc, uh, it's announced that they're transferring. And then we find out also in like a same press release that Myron Gardner, Galen Alexander, and LeBlanc were were served restraining orders on November 12th. Um, basically, there's like, it's just like a weird situation where everyone's trying to figure out like what exactly. Patrick Ewing knew what what the athletic department knew because it smells very very fishy Tate that that um, they they threw Akinjo's name in here with a press release where three guys were uh, uh, I, I got to use my words carefully because they weren't charged I don't think with anything but they there was a restraining order against them from that stems from like a burglary there's sexual harassment I think an assault that was uh, uh, yeah they're waiting the for the yeah they're waiting for the second hearing on the second restraining I think this is now the second restraining order so it's not charges there but were, it's a second restraining order yeah there were threats mentioned in there like a mm-hmm. uh, uh, bodily harm and 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 what have you um so these three guys are put in there, and and what makes it really confusing is this: you have you have Gardner, Alexander, and LeBlanc are 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 implicated in this these proceedings, whatever the restraining order. Um, the 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 event that happened, the burglary that happened, apparently happened on September sixteenth. The restraining order was was filed on November twelfth. All three of those guys have been. I think a couple of them missed one game, um, but for the most part, they were they were never publicly uh, disciplined. Like it wasn't they weren't it wasn't announced they'd be they've been suspended for three games or they're out indefinitely or anything like that. Um, and then suddenly LeBlanc and and Akinjo are transferring, and and Georgetown puts out a release that they're transferring, and and lost in all of it is like Akinjo's name kind of gets like thrown into the mix with the, this criminal stuff that's going on. And it's just like this whole mess. Meanwhile, Terrence Washington there, or Terrence Williams, I'm sorry, uh, who's from Washington, D.C., a local kid, he's a four-star recruit. He just decommits from Georgetown. Uh, it's it's an absolute mess going on. And and meanwhile, Mac McClung dropped 33 at Gallagher by the other night, and they beat Oklahoma State. So um, I don't know what what are what are your impressions of of all that's going on at Georgetown? Because it's really hard to like make sense of yeah who knew what, what actually happened, who you know. 
I, yeah, the speculation of all of like who knew what and what was going on, there's no way that we can really give a, an actual adequate answer to any of that always. But the thing that was really wrong was like what you said, which is George can't like they put the statement out from Patrick Ewing um, that LeBlanc and James Akinjo would not play for the rest of the season. And that basically has led to a defin- defamation kind of situation with Akinjo because he just is transferring because he doesn't want to play basketball at Georgetown anymore. We figured out all the other stuff that was going on behind the scenes and he gets tied into all that. So that's the, that's like if you're him and you're Akinjo, like that's just a absolute egregious error to kind of try to conflate the two things into one. But it also may be one of those things where that's why they did that to make it seem like that, you know, it was well, just a basketball decision. And, uh, and that, you, and if that's the case, that's, that's not going to be good for Patrick Ewing. So if you're a cynic, here's, here's what you would say happened at Georgetown. Um, and, and this is why it, it's, it has our interest because as you said, this could not be good for Patrick Ewing because this, this to me is a very plausible situation that could have happened. But, um, Again, this is just I'm, I'm speculating. This is, just, but this this would be a cynic's take on it. Is that Akinjo says he wants to transfer? Uh, LeBlanc does as well because he's going to get out of there. Because it, it doesn't even matter what LeBlanc's motives were, whether it was because he's got this criminal thing going on or if he just wants more playing time, whatever. But Akinjo announces he wants to transfer. Akinjo's a starting point guard. It's a very big deal. Um, you, you could you could craft the case. Maybe Akinjo is is privy to all of this. Sees that like the walls are closing in on Georgetown on, on, on this whole situation that's going on. Or maybe it's like he wants more playing time. He doesn't want to be Mac McClung's yeah. running mate, what, whatever it is. Akinjo decides he wants to transfer. Uh, LeBlanc is transferring as well. They realize Georgetown realizes that in announcing that these guys are transferring, people are going to start digging into like, cause it's going to come out of nowhere. Like the starting point guards traditionally do not transfer from teams. Guys who are named conference freshman of the year do not transfer from programs. That's a, that's a very bizarre thing to have happen in college basketball. So people would then start digging around. They would find these restraining orders that were filed again, November 12th, almost a month ago. Um, and then in finding that they would then approach Georgetown and be like, why, why are we just now hearing about this? Why is it that like, you know, the local beat reporters had to dig this up. Why would you not tell us about this? Uh, so a cynic's point of view would be that they knew that this was going to come out. So then that's when they released it. And then they threw Akinjo's name in there just as like a because Akinjo is the the thing that the the catalyst behind all of this coming to a head, you know. Um, in which case, it's a very bad look because that would that would insinuate that Georgetown has known about this for a while, that Patrick Ewing has known about the the his his players being involved in this criminal activity or at least these criminal proceedings for a while, and yet has taken no disciplinary measures has, has uh, i think at least you have to acknowledge it you know like even if because you could get into the thing again like um it looks pretty damning but you know i guess there are some people that would argue uh if you can't just like suspend guys when they're accused because that's not fair to the guys because what if they're innocent um so even if that was his approach i still think you have to address it right like when you find out about it like you still have to say like we're we're going through proceedings they didn't address it at all until this week um so it really smells fishy in that regard that they were like trying to cover something up or trying to like maneuver some way, and then Akinjo announces he's transferring, and they're like, "Shit, we can't, we can't really cover this up anymore. Let's let's release everything we have real quick." Um, and then through it all, dude, the other two guys, Alexander and Gardner, they played double digit minutes on Wednesday against Oklahoma State. There's still not really been an announcement about like, here's how we're proceeding with them. It's just basically like they put out a PR release. So it was basically like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Don't talk to us about it. We're handling it. Um, yeah, they're handling I don't know. It, it, it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all very very strange. And uh, on top of all of that, Akinjo, as we said, starting point guard, one of their best players. Georgetown was not expected to be like great this year. They're getting better. They're they're uh, they played Duke really well at the uh, earlier in the year. Um, they they have a good team, but they're not. You know, I think they would have been like a bubble team anyway if they had all their guys. Now I think most people would say they'd be lucky to make the tournament. Uh, this is year three for Patrick Ewing. He's currently thirty nine and thirty two. Uh, so far at Georgetown, which, you know, he took over a really shitty program at the time. So um, whatever this was like, like I said earlier with Chris Holtman, this was year three for Patrick Ewing. Like this is his guys. He's just his program at this point. Um, and, and it's, this was going to be a pivotal year. And I guess the question becomes Tate between like Georgetown's probably not making the tournament this year. I don't think they're going to fire him on performance alone. I think like the fact that he's Patrick Ewing, the fact that it's year three, like it, it, it would be too early anyway to fire him. Um, but I don't know, with, with this whole mess thrown into it, uh, if he knew stuff and didn't want to handle it, or you know, it's, it's, it's all speculation at this point, but it's really, really hard to craft a narrative of how all of this could have, all, all of these checkpoints that we have where Patrick Ewing comes out of this and it's like, oh, Patrick Ewing handled this perfectly. Never mind. I'm sorry that I thought differently. You know what I mean? Like It, it feels like every plausible solution is going to be like, wow, he kind of fucked that up. <laughs> Yeah, and it's unfortunate, too, because, I mean, we've talked about how great the Patrick Ewing experiment has kind of been with Georgetown. So for this to kind of be the way that it kind of could come to an ending would be very sad. But I think what we both know is what Patrick Ewing really needs right now is two words, and that's a fall guy. So uh, <laughs> if if he's listening, let's see what happens with that. I mean, I just think it's been totally mismanaged, which is, you know, obviously I made a little joke there. But, I mean, it just it's really sad to see that, like, something like this could come back to really just kind of ruin any sort of momentum he had there. And if you're Oklahoma State, they're going to start recruiting Mac McClung tonight to oh, transfer yeah. there. Like he, you know what I mean? That's, lights it up. That, 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 yeah. That's sort of the worst part about all this with the, with the news. Uh, obviously, just to hear that this was going on behind the scenes and then also just to see that now this is going to be poaching season because this is college basketball and it's like a pack of hyenas. Like Guys are going to come out of the woodwork to start recruiting guys like Mac McClung to go to another school. There's this whole other branch of coaching college basketball, the politics you have to play, the, the 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 schmoozing with the donors and all that stuff. There's the recruiting that everybody hates. Every single coach, every coach that's ever left college for the NBA has said they hate recruiting. And every coach that hasn't left says they hate recruiting. Everybody hates recruiting except Bill Self. Um, they, they all hate recruiting. Um, there's that. Then, then there's this. There's the babysitting aspect of it where, like, maybe there's an element of it's like, you know, in the NBA, you don't have to watch your guys. Like, if this happens in the NBA, where like a few players get involved in, in some criminal whatever, like the, no one turns to the head coach and says, "How could you let this happen at your at your team?" They just blame the players and they're like, "You guys are idiots," and then they cut the players or whatever, and and that's that. You know, yeah. um, so all of that kind of stuff. What if what if Patrick Ewing is like what if he doesn't get fired? He's just like I've had a like at the end of the season, they Georgetown doesn't make the tournament. People are giving him shit. I think Georgetown fans, it, from what I could gather from the message boards and and Twitter and all that, the the very hasty research I did on it, uh, it feels like there are a lot of Georgetown fans that are kind of are are ready for him to go just because of the way he's handled this and the fact that they're not. I don't know. He's not. He hasn't been a home run hire per se with Georgetown and, and some of these programs. I mean, I want to see where Akinjo is going to transfer because I find that interesting. I know he committed to UConn out of high school. He's from California. So uh, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. And then just with Patrick Ewing, if he wants to get ahead of that, I mean, he may jump up to go, you know, back to the NBA in an assistant role to then try to parlay that into a head coaching mm -hmm. job. You know what I mean? There's, 
There's a there's a ton of different ways it could work out, but all of that is to say that you know there's going to be a mystery down at Georgetown, and we're going to have to you know play the music at some point and really dive into play it. the music, but, Kyle. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah we'll play it at some point. <laughs> uh, is there uh, is there anything else uh, that we have to hit before we get out of here? I mean, other yeah, than just um, the fact that Ohio State might be the best team in the country. We I mean, we definitely that's, are. That's shocking. I can't I can't uh, reiterate football. Enough of course, we, I'm talking about we beat Louisville in a secret scrimmage. So AP voters that are listening, please. Um, you know, secret scrimmages. Uh, journalists know that secret scrimmages matter, which is why, like Jeff Goodman, I know is going to vote for Ohio State. He cares about secret scrimmages. He's the he's the one guy out there that's like tweeting the results of every secret scrimmage, trying to make yeah. it matter. Um, yeah. These secret scrimmages matter, and it's time that that we start taking these things seriously. Uh, no, I want to I want to say a few other things before we go. Uh, number one, we have to talk about this. Penny Har- Penny Hardaway is trying to organize a something at MSG with Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. With Memphis, his the team that he's coaching, with Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, and with Jawan uh, Howard in Michigan. Did you see this? Did you hear about that's this? That's what I he's call the to, cha- that, that's the Champions yeah. Classic. That's what I would. That, go that should to be that. the real Champions Classic. Yeah, I'll go uh, to and that. it got it got me thinking about first of all, which one of those four is the best player right now today? It's got to be Stackhouse, right? Ooh, if, if yeah. they all four had to play right now, I would say definitely Stackhouse. Yeah, but it'd be tough. He's the know. youngest. So he's that the, yeah, probably... I mean that's that's yeah, it's the age thing that matters. But then you're just like, I don't know. I mean, some of these guys are just like old school. It just kind of depends on the game. Are we going to be at the YMCA? Are we going to be one on one? Patrick Ewing speaking, might dominate. I don't know. Speaking of uh, best coach, best player, I had this thought the other day. Um, this is horrifying. So buckle up for this one. I had this thought that uh, uh, the best head coach uh, in college basketball right now in Division One. The best head coach as a that, that what the question I just posed the best guy who could play right now is probably Greg Paulus, <laughs> who is now the head coach of Niagara. Oh, and that wow. dawned on me. Wow. That's the world we live in. Today. I'm gonna say Wes the, Miller is better than Greg Paulus right now. Okay, I'm gonna say the right. football. I'm gonna say the football hurt him. Okay, all right. <laughs> that, that's pretty much the debate. Well, I'm, taking, I guess I'm, taking GP. I'm not taking GP in anything, even though I respect <laughs> Niagara and I hope that they have a great season. Just by just by virtue of being like 33, I think it might be Greg Paulus. Because as as yeah, you get older, you realize it doesn't matter how actually talented these guys are. But it's all about it just age. matters age. Yeah, yeah like and legs. Greg Paulus would destroy Jerry Stackhouse, and that's the world we live in right now. <laughs> <Is that laughs> no, I need to see that tape. Um, what else? Uh, I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to shout out DePaul as well. DePaul is 9-0. They beat Texas Tech in overtime on Thursday. Uh, they already have wins at Iowa and Minnesota. Um, there's, there's something cooking at DePaul. The, the, the people are trying to get them ranked. I thought they would be ranked in this most recent poll. They were not, but they're definitely going to be ranked in the next one. Uh, I, I have sources close to the, uh, sources close to the situation are telling me they saw Sister Jean uh, throwing her Loyola sweatshirt away the other day. And, <laughs> yes. and she's wheeling her way to DePaul. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's going to take a while. her way to campus right yeah, now. It's going to be a um, long ride. <laughs> uh, so shout out to DePaul. That's all I have. Do you have anything else? No, I, uh, I'm very excited to see what kind of comes with this next eight people, because I, I feel like I want to see how far Michigan falls. I want to see how far Duke climbs, and I want to see how far Ohio State climbs, because I feel like you guys are going to be a top four team at this point, right? Top I want to see eight. how many. I want to see how many teams can get first place votes, and none of them be Maryland. And Maryland, yeah, I, want, I was going to say Maryland's going to Maryland needs to fall behind Ohio State. I think at this point, is there a way? Could the math work out where Maryland is ranked number one, and for the first time in program history, they're number one, 
and yet they get zero first place votes. <laughs> yeah. Did that actually happen? Like the everybody second, votes the second, second place votes, just like shoot yeah. them over the top. Yeah, that that sounds right about Mark Turgeon. That sounds like a very would, number two move. Uh, that That's would be a, awesome. Yeah. Wow. That would be great. Um. All right. Before oh, before we go, to this I had this written down. Uh, I want you to pick the Big Ten stat of the week. Um, for me because we have we have two good ones and then and then we'll we'll leave. Um. Purdue is the first team to ever have 25-point wins versus defending national champions in back-to-back years. So last year they beat Villanova by a ton, and then this year they just beat Virginia by a ton. That's the first time this has ever happened. Purdue's Twitter account is very proud of this. They've made graphics for it and everything. <laughs> um, it's, it's a very big deal. There's that one. Are you more impressed by that, or are you impressed by Ohio State is the first team to ever have two top 10 wins by 25 or more points before conference play? I'm more <laughs> impressed by Ohio State because it's right, Villanova. It's Villanova and Carolina. It's national champions. You guys are beating champions. Okay. That's literally the Purdue stat, though. They beat. They're defending national. No, no, champions. no, 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 no. We're talking. We're talking blue blood champions. Oh God! Not redemption champions. I love Virginia, but we're talking. We're talking Villanova, Carolina. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, Mark um, We'll see what happens. All right. I love Coach Holtman. He's our favorite cop. He's the only He's cop the I best. trust. He's the best. Um, that's the show. We'll be back next week. Uh, Tate, in the meantime, I'm going to go celebrate more Ohio State greatness <laughs> this weekend. You go watch Pac-12 basketball and tell the people what they're missing by not having Pac-12 Network. Um, and, yeah, that'll be it. Watch out, Utah. <laughs>